for all NBA warriors. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up? It is Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast. I think y'all can tell the vibes are up. We Gucci over here. It is a great time right now. And why is that? Because as the title reads... From our lovely producer, Greg, Warriors forced game six with Lakers at the 121-106 win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victory tonight. No dynasty is falling. It's not falling anyway, but all them thirsty-ass people thinking it was done tonight, that's not. So get out of here. The Warriors still stand, and we head back to L.A. for a game six. Woo! Go Dubs. Justin, how you feeling? Feeling pretty good. I Where we at? Where we at? Give us a number. I'm gonna say we had a we had an eight. Okay. If they win game six, we had a nine. If they win game okay. seven, we had a ten. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's simple math. Simple math. <laughs> simple math. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I, I expect them to come out with desperation. That's what they did. Draymond finally played with that, that fire that we, they needed him to play with. And it resulted in a convincing win. So Conspiracy theories because Izzo was in the building is why that happened. <laughs> That's the street saying. <laughs> the street saying. You know what I'm Somebody get Izzo in, in, in crypto. Word. Yeah. With, he with just needs to all that buddy buddy shit. Was Wiggins college coach in there? Because he was hooping today. He was, man. I love this version of Wiggs. I love this version of Wiggs. That's my baby. We need it. No disrespect to, to Macau or my, I don't know how she pronounces it, but not like that. I'm just saying, I love me some Wiggs. I've been supporting your man up and down. We fans over here. That's it. That's it. Right. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I mean, I felt like the Warriors were going to win tonight anyway. So that is what I felt, you know, but I felt other things before too, and they didn't go that way. So you never know till it happens. But I mean, once the Warriors sort of took control at the end of this, the first half, they didn't relinquish it. Right. Um, I mean, that's what they got to do. They they usually give up leads or, you know, the Lakers going runs based off the Warriors' mistakes, turning the ball over, taking bad shots, which pretty much are turnovers. Um, and when they take care of the ball, take good shots, even sometimes, like, they, they one possession, they just took a shot clock violation because they couldn't get a shot up. Sometimes I'd rather have that than you throw up some bullshit and it just leads to a fast break, like a long three is, is going to be a long rebound, which is pretty much like a turnover. Right. And yeah, just just limit those. And the Lakers, I don't think they have enough skill to outplay them when it's a half-court game for most of the game or if it's mostly Warriors in transition and they're playing half-court defense the whole time or playing half-court Word. Defense. For sure. So I keep laughing because, um, Justin, as you know, um, before the series started, I made some comments about this series. And after every Lakers win, they keep coming back and quoting my commentary that was made on Brother from Another. Because I said the Lakers, I said that nice little cute team around LeBron. Um, you know, I talked about them not being ready or not having as much experience. And I also talked about the fact that they um, don't want to play as fast as the Warriors. They didn't want to play at that pace. And um, and then I said, like, the, the you know, the Warriors know Anthony Davis. They've played him before, and, you know, they've had his number in those matchups. I may have said he, he they owned him. I don't know what I said. You know, some of that is just me talking shit, right? But it's also that... Um, because anytime you say that Draymond knows how to defend Anthony Davis, people always come back with Anthony Davis's past stats. Like no one is saying that he shuts down Anthony Davis. You don't shut down great players. But what we're saying is that he makes it tough enough on Anthony Davis that he limits that impact and the dominance that Anthony Davis can, can impose on a game. 
And mm-hmm. that's what makes him such a great defender on Anthony Davis. And so when we say he has his number, Draymond knows, you know, like you you notice the games where Anthony Davis got loose. It was Draymond wasn't on him the whole game, you know, or most mm-hmm. of the game, game one. Draymond gets in foul trouble, game three. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like, you know, there are people who think that's not connected, but it's absolutely connected, you know, and just like the whole pace thing. It's like people like, Oh yeah, the like the Lakers and they 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 are one of the top ten you know teams um in transition yeah when y'all are in transition but you don't want to have to defend <laughs> in transition you. you don't want to have to play like you you guys want to play fast in terms of transition games but not having to defend and chase the Warriors around and and all of that and like they have one of the worst transition defenses in the league. Thank you. I mean, it's common sense stuff speaking to Draymond with AD like he possesses a unique amount of uh, abilities that particularly can bother a player like AD and I think over the course of this series this being so many ticky-tack ca- uh, calls going against him it kind of loosened up his aggressiveness on Anthony Davis like we saw in game two he was super aggressive on AD AD couldn't really get his his dribble going nothing none of that stuff and then three and four, we saw like, all right, fouls are getting called, um, all those things. So it, it it made Draymond back off a little bit. So AD can kind of get into his rhythm a little bit better. But he was right back kind of, um, you know, in his jersey a little bit this game. And it made him more uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, I, the Warriors just possess so many different ways that they can hurt you in transition that I just don't think – even if the Lakers had a great transition defense, they would be able to consistently stop them because um, they have athletes and they have shooters, you know, just coming straight down to you and all of them like playing fast. So that's one of the keys that I put like keys to victory for the Warriors. Just keep pushing that pace. Sometimes even on made Laker baskets, just push the pace. Word. So, you know, I was talking about all of that yesterday um and I tweeted it today what I said some of the stuff I just said because nothing I said was really wrong right they're just like taking victory laps because the Lakers are up you know the part I did get wrong is um their role players um they're stepping up they have like a different person every night right so you know they've come to mm-hmm. play So, but our role players hadn't, you know, our bench, you know, hadn't stepped up. And that, that's really also been the other part of this that's been like hurting the Warriors because they're not getting the bench and role player production that was anticipated. And they're not getting that. And these games are still tight. They're still close. So, you -hmm. know, if they were getting what they were, their usual that they're supposed to be getting, I think this would have been a pretty short series, but nonetheless, we're here and we're fighting to come back from being down um, one, three. So that's what it is, you know? And so there's not going to be any logic applied to that, but they respond after every win. So I'm curious to see if they're going to be responding tonight because they're always quiet once the Warriors win, you know? Um, But um yeah, I wanted to address those comments. Um, you did tweet out some some keys to the game, and I saw that, and I retweeted it. So let's take a look mm-hmm. here. You have push the pace, which we've already covered. Pull 80 from the rim, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's part of them going small and having GP2 on the court and also putting the ball in Steph's hands, correct? Mm-hmm. Don't play JP, Dante, Clay together. Oh, listen, (laughs) I was like, I am just like, I was so happy when I first realized like um, before, what, what was, what was the quarter? Was it the third quarter at the end where Steph went back to the locker room really quickly? Yep. 
And the Lakers went on that little run. But before that, I had looked and I was like, oh, Dante only had like three minutes. Let's just keep it like that. And was like, as soon as I thought that he was back in the game and I just was like pulling out my hair watching this, right. like the indecisiveness from pool, then the, the, you know, was that in it when Clay, was that when Clay had the turnover trying to pass the pool? I don't even know. Then Dante, like, I'm just like, look, look, look at these guys just, but pool had a turnover. I don't remember or whatever, or didn't get a shot off. Like, I just was like, I don't remember exactly what happened, but I know I tweeted like between pool and Dante, they just like working harder to see who can like give us empty possessions. I mean, I was just, it was ridiculous. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I mean, like, I think those three dudes, those three dudes are guys you put next to, you got to have at least Steph on the court or, yes. yeah, like Steph, Dre, Wiggins, and Gary. Like those four should be on the court. Like two of those four at least should be on the court at all times, I feel like, um, because they, you know, obviously Gary, what he does on the defensive end, and he just calms everybody down. He's kind of like loony in the sense that he puts everybody in their correct position. Um, so he takes pressure off guys and it, you know, that lowers the chance of them making a mistake. So obviously Steph and Dre, they just control everything. And then Wiggins is kind of like in that same realm too, where he just puts everybody in the right position. So two of those four should be on the court at all times. And then you can put one or maybe two of those three, as far as JP. Dante at most. Like honestly, two I at just, the very most. I don't think Dante yeah. needs to play. I really don't like, I get, I mean, it's not that pool has been like, so much better than Dante. It's just that I think you have a you have a chance of Pool giving you something. He gave a little something tonight, you know. And so right. I understand why you go with him. But my goodness, my goodness, you know. And Clay, yeah. I mean, you got to keep going with Clay. But it's like I don't want them dudes dribbling too much anyway. I really don't. I don't even want Pool like like. I want pool being set up for things. I do. Like if you create for him and, and, oh, and oh, let oh. him, like you've been saying, set his feet. But if Steph or Dre creates for him and then he just has to then shoot it and not do anything else. And I'm not saying like, he's a catch and shoot player, but like right now that's what we can do. And like, if you do that for him, he can usually like score you a bucket in that situation. Yeah, him. I mean, that's the same thing that applies to Dante and Clay too. Obviously, Dante's not a scorer, but for Clay, um, I think they got to do a slightly better job of just getting him open. I think in the first two games of the series, they did a great job of that, and he hit the shots. And then three and four, he's been kind of getting really, really locked up on those off-ball screens and stuff. So he can't get a clean look, which leads to either him not getting a shot or him forcing up a bad shot. I think he has like twenty-one shots combined in games three and four which is typically like a single game. He didn't chuck tonight, which is good. He didn't chuck. I I wouldn't even say he chucked last game, except for at the end of the game. He only had nine shots last game. But it it makes him feel like I got to get it up. Yeah. Right. That was just the worst time. But it just makes him feel like I got to get it up when I touch it because I'm not shooting. So they got to do a better job of just getting him clean looks. But, you know, if you place JP with like Steph and Draymond, you know he's going to get open somehow. Like, just from the attention those two guys grab when they run their pick and roll and stuff like that. And that's when JP can really thrive on that weak side one-on-one defense with somebody who's probably like, I don't know, Reeves or something like that, that really shouldn't be able to stay in front of him, D-Lo or something like that. Then he can kind of get going to the basket and make something happen. But if you just have him as the lead guard next to two other guards who aren't really generating no type of rim pressure or nothing, it's just three dudes that just want to, pull up jump shoot and it's like that's just not gonna go well you need somebody to go to the rim you need somebody to set those guys up so playing all three of them together when all three of them need to be set up is just not smart to me and they're all like your three worst perimeter defenders at this point so it just really makes no sense and it's why Dennis Schroeder has been killing them this series his plus minus has been crazy this series because he's playing against this lineup of three below average you know, perimeter defenders who just are chucking bad shots up and turn the ball over. And it's remarkable too, because (laughs) it's remarkable because the moment Steph came out and he put that in, like the Lakers made a little run, like 
immediately. It's yeah, like instantaneously, bro. Like stop this. <laughs> yeah, you know? and it's crazy because before the series, we're like, yo, the Lakers guards are food, and they are, but it's like we're not taking advantage of that. Right, right. You're not putting the lineups out there for these dudes to eat. You're really not. So they they gotta do a better job. I mean, they won this game by 15, so I doubt they go away from that lineup. But they really should. <laughs> they really should. That that lineup probably is the reason why they didn't win this game by more. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean and, and a guy like Rudy, the same thing we saw. He has to be seeing the same thing we saw in that, like, the moment you put that lineup out there, it was, it was ass. So, right. I and, hope you're also you thinking see, yourself, like, damn, all I really needed to do was play GP two over Moody, and we would have got that win. Fucking Joker. <laughs> Sorry, it just makes I mean, me maybe so even GP two. I mean, GP two over Clay, but um, <laughs> that wasn't gonna happen. But you see, even with these lineup combos, like Draymond, his, he's getting into his passing bag. He's getting into his finishing bag because he's playing with guys like Wiggins and Gary who have their own gravity next to the rim. Like Guys don't want right. to leave them because they can finish. But when you put Looney in these lineups with three, four guys who don't have any rim pressure, it's tough for him to finish layups. It's tough for him to make the extra pass because everybody's covered and there's no guy creating that advantage. So they got to put Gary or Wiggins in there with them and take one of those guys out so they can just have better balance and just make the lineup make sense. For sure. Your other keys to the game, one we already talked about, keep one of Gary and Wiggins on the court at all times. So um, staff high pick and roll frequency. Yeah. And there you're just saying what? I mean, like, when, no, when you're saying the frequency, like how how much of it, how often? Right, not the location of the pick and roll. Yes, the location, you know, but like I meant in that statement, like just up the frequency, keep it up high. Because um, we saw game four, they let go of their rope in the second half running what? They said it was six. It went from 42 six. to six. That's well, I think, I think in the first half it was like 20, 21, I think is the number. Um, okay. I think that 40 something number is like over the course of the series, but like in the first half, it was like 21. And then the second half, it was only six. Yeah. That got to be up. It has to be up. Cause they're just getting too good of looks out of it. Um, yeah. And it pulls 80 from the rim and it's not really going to nerf Steph scoring, even if they trap him, whatever, cause he's still going to find his way to get his points anyway, as we saw tonight. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What do you say to those people who say the reason why Clay isn't um, in rhythm or struggling is because they're running so many pick and roll and the and pick and rolls and the balls and Steph's hands, and so he's not, you know, um, getting in rhythm. Um, I would say I disagree. I would say that he's just not getting clean looks. Uh, I mean, I would have to look at the film a little bit more to, to watch him specifically to see, you know, how he's being guarded on these off-ball actions. But, you know, we've seen these guys are getting these guys are getting open shots still. Clay's the only one that's not really getting open shots. So it's clearly by design of Lakers defense to let other guys go and leave Clay. And that's why Gary and Wiggins. It's partially why they're getting so many open layups. Right. Sending <laughs> two to Steph and you gluing one to, to clay somebody gonna be open and that's that's just is what it is and that's okay clay gotta be okay with that everybody right. gotta be okay with that because it's it's for the better of the team when you get draymond getting 20 points in a game it's because clay is, is has a guy glued onto him like it happens right. it is what it is and that was one of my um when i talked about like you know there <laughs> we use like headlines on brother from another when we're like to support our conversation. So there was this one headline that was like, Steve Kerr deserves brunt of blame for like the Warriors going down three, one. And Michael Holly is like the brunt of the blame. Do you believe that Natalie? 
you know, and I said, well, I'll say this. I said, I think there's like three reasons, like main reasons. And I was just like, but to me, Kerr coaching is one of them. So I'd give him about a third of it, you know, like, cause I think the three reasons are equal for me. Um, mm. And, you know, I said, but it obviously starts at the top with, you know, ownership and Joe's interference and decisions and just, you know, um, roster construction, just like the, those things. But I was mm. just like, the other is egos. And I mean, really you could say egos is an organizational thing from top to bottom. Kerr's ego about how he wants to play Kerr's e ego with his philosophies on young players. And so how he approaches developing them, you know, um, you know, Lacob's ego and, and, and them thinking they could do two timelines and, you know, like they have the next coming and all of that. So, but the players have egos too. And I was like, Clay's ego has been something since he's returned last year that we always have to like revisit him managing mm -hmm. and, 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 and not doing things. And, you know, and to me, those two shots at the end of the last, you know, game, game, game four, you know, to me were perfect examples of him, his ego, making him like take those shots, you know, um, because he still wants to show he's the man and he can like, you know, do things and you know it's just and so like I know that that was something we've talked about throughout the season but it's like you just always hope that in a moment when it matters most right like that mm -hmm. he and I don't want to just limit it to, 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 to Clay because it's Poole's ego you know which and Kaminga's ego and like all of them, you know, but I'm just saying I use Clay as the example, but those egos and not being able to like keep them in check is, is also to me a large portion reason why, like, you know, there's a lack of cohesiveness among the group, like there normally is. Yeah. Uh, it's been clear um, all season. You, you hit the nail on the head. Like it starts at the top. We see it. We we've seen it with Joe. Uh, we see it with everybody, pretty much except Steph, right? And Wiggs. And that's what I said. And that Lou. was like one of my points because I was like, Steph's teammates—they write checks that they, that they can't cash, you know. And it's like Draymond—he can do it on the deep <coughs> defensive end. He can, mm -hmm. but you don't always show up like that when you should, right? But it's just like you talk a lot. You know what I'm saying? But like, and you talk a lot because you're Draymond, but part of why you can talk like that is because your teammate is Steph Curry. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, same thing, you know, Clay. It's like, yes, Clay, you are your own, like, game six Clay, all of that. We we know who you are, killer. And at the mm -hmm. same time, you know, you're doing this on the back of Steph Curry. So it's just like, when y'all don't show up in games or you do stupid shit like that, when he's out there exhausting himself, you know what I'm saying? It, that's right. a frustrating thing. It, it definitely is. Um, and, you know, we, in the same, in the same breath, we praise these guys for calling their shots and hitting it. Like, like Clay last year saying, Oh, it feels like our first finals when they was down two one and then they ended up winning three straight. And, Draymond telling CJ the, the Celtics are going to be ringless and they ended up being like, that's all cool, but we know why you guys are talking like that. Right. Like you just said, it, we praise you for, you know, for having the, the cojones to say stuff like that, but we also got to bring it back to reality and say like, all right, let's, let's pipe it down a little bit because we, we know really where this, where this, um, you know, pride and confidence is coming from you know, outside of what you can do for yourself, but you just know you got a guy on your team that just going to come, come through for you, or at least you, you speaking it into existence. Right. And he, he almost always does really lets you down. And, um, and he doesn't talk like that, not in the right. same way. And I don't mind, like if he did, I'd be okay with it too, but he, he doesn't. Cause that's just not him, you know, but I listen to Steph's mm -hmm. words carefully 
And at the end, when he was in his presser the other day, the post game after they lost and went down three one, he's just like still got a long, long, I think long, long road. I forget the word he used, but basically saying got a long way to go. I believe is what he said. You know, yeah. So and Ramona, extend this thing. yeah, yeah. And Ramona Shelburne did some reporting and said like, it like there was anger. That's what she sensed from the locker room, but like anger that they lost the game. This wasn't like a fractured locker room or down like, man, you know, we, you know, we can't beat these guys. I know for a fact, they don't think that. So, you know, it's, um, so that was good to know and hear it like reaffirmed, but, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, you kind of was hoping that the the Kings were their wake up call. Mm-hmm. So if they pull this off, if they pull this off, please let this be the motherfucking wake up call. Because <laughs> my goodness, <laughs> I mean, how much do y'all want to play with your food? How much? I mean, I, I made the joke on Twitter earlier today of like the meme where it says like, "Give me stronger battles." To God, God. <laughs> like that's really what it feels like with this team sometimes it's like so many preventable mistakes that lead to them being in these holes that they got to dig themselves out of and it's almost like they're bored like it's like we know worst case scenario like if they play the games better they split games one and games four instead of losing both of the close games right because we've had three blowouts otherwise And then you're in this position at this point where you're up 3-2 instead of down 3-2. Or in a perfect universe, they win both of those games and they just finished the series tonight. But now you're in a position where you got to win two more games in a row, one of them on the road, and it's totally avoidable. So like you said, hopefully if they can get through this, this will be their final wake-up call. But knowing them all season, (laughs) can't put it past them. Can't put it past them if it's not. One game at a time. Um, Your final key to the game, and I would like you to elaborate on this one, was pressure AD and LeBron's handle in isolation. What do you mean by that? I mean, stop giving them a foot and a half of space between you and them when they catch the ball, right? Because... I think we're giving LeBron a little bit too much respect with his burst off the dribble at this point in his career, especially with Wiggins on him, who's at this point quicker than him. Um, So, and they might be encouraging LeBron to shoot jumpers because his jump shot hasn't been, you know, falling really. But I do think in this series in particular, since Wiggins has that quick jump and, you know, he can really pressure LeBron with his, with his athleticism, not letting LeBron get that jumper in rhythm is is the key. Forcing him to dribble, take time off the clock, stuff like that, uh, exhaust his body, going to the rim and trying to battle. I think that would pay more dividends. And then with Anthony Davis, he doesn't have a guard's handle. Like he has a pretty good handle for a big, but he doesn't have like an NBA guard's handle like that. So you can like especially Draymond, you can get up on his handle a little bit and force him into uncomfortable situations. And I think too often this series, especially game three and game four, um, they allowed AD to get a few rhythm dribbles before he shot a little pull-up mid-range or a step back or something like that. And those are all cash if he's comfortable. But if he's uncomfortable, like, man, I can't really get to my spots. My handle is a little bit shaky right now. I got to turn my back instead of facing up. That's when he starts to miss those little push shots. That's when he starts to kind of flail and try to flop for the fouls and stuff like that. So Draymond has to do that. He obviously has to do it without fouling because, you know, two, three fouls and he's out the game. And now AD's really cooking. But um, I think they really got to do that to bother those two guys. And if they do that, I don't think they have enough offense outside of those two to to match the Warriors. So stop stop letting them get comfortable is the, is the main thing. Y'all, Justin's basketball mind is just so brilliant. I love listening to him talk. We got to get him a job in one of these, uh, on these teams and player development, right? Like on the track to, to coaching. Let's start making sure we are tweeting out and pushing 
Justin's breakdowns and analysis. I call him the Tim Legler of NBA Twitter for a reason. I mean, just <laughs> phenomenal stuff. I'm always learning from you and I appreciate that. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. You are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Three two, three two, much better than three one. <laughs> right. A streak. Let's talk about streaks, okay? So, the streak of Steph and Co. never losing a series in more in in less than six games stays alive. Yes. But we're not planning on losing, but we're just saying it's, you know, they didn't lose right. tonight. So if they do not make it past game six, you know, that, that will continue. Okay. Now, there's some other streaks at play. Let's talk about the one that happens next, right? And I think there, before we even get to the one about LeBron in game sevens, because I think there's another one with uh, about LeBron, like when he's up 3-1 in the series, but I don't remember when exactly. It's when he's when he has a two-game lead in the series. He's never lost. But does he always so, win the next game? No, no, I don't think... I'm not really sure... But I think it was like if he's ever been up 2-0 or 3-1, he's never lost the series. Like I don't know about like the next game, you know what I'm saying? But Okay. Yeah. So the so Warriors, they have a streak too, y'all. And that is that they have in every series always won at least one home game. Bro. And if they were going to not keep that streak this series, that means they would have just had to have won every home game and the Lakers win all their home games but that didn't happen so now they are in a situation where they have to get one on the road and to this point they have always won on the road so this would be a good time for them to continue for that streak to continue <laughs> that streak <laughs> <laughs> yeah and another streak for the warriors obviously is they never lost in the western conference playoffs with steve kerr as a coach so <laughs> now if history. the war and we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but we'll just say if the Warriors push it to game seven, LeBron has never lost a game seven. Mm -hmm. So those are and the I multiple streaks that play. And I want to uh, say he's played in quite a few. Yes. Many more than the Warriors have. This is a for have they even, I don't think this is eerily similar to 2016 in that they played two game sevens then two um with okc and then in the finals but outside of that year i mean the warriors just haven't had they had houston like mm -hmm. one year yeah, the clippers yeah but CP3. that's before that's like pre the the pre curve like once they started winning so i mean yeah, I mean, but I, I did count that in terms of, like, them playing game sevens when I was looking at the Kings series. But, I mean, this is a lot for them. You know, they might, you know, they have so many years where they don't even get, like, to a game six much more a game seven. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just not territory that they're in. I mean, I think at this point now they do have a, I think they're two and two in game sevens, right? Three and two. Three and two? They they beat OKC, they beat Houston, they beat Sacramento, lost to Cleveland, lost to the Clippers. Okay. So they were two yeah. and two before and the okay. So yeah, so let's hope they can make it four and two. <laughs> right. Let's hope that they can make it four and two. Um so yeah, I mean guys, listen, this is going to be fascinating stuff um but let's just focus on game six let's just focus on game six so let's see we have some news on anthony davis which was another big storyline of this game 
he inadvertently got elbowed by Kevon Looney and seemed to be really out of it after that. So he did not return to the game, apparently had to be put in a wheelchair. But according to Chris Haynes's reporting, the early diagnosis indicates Anthony Davis appears to have avoided a concussion and is doing much better now. We are glad to hear that over here because if the Warriors do come back and win this all, we don't want any excuses. We don't want to hear any of them. Unlike the Cavaliers and LeBron in 2016 who lobbied, lobbied the league to get Draymond suspended, not for one, but two games, even though they only got one. So... That's weak shit, in my opinion, but we don't need to relitigate 2016. <laughs> so, um, looks like Anthony Davis will be okay, and that is good news. So, we don't need to have to have here Lakers fans whining and crying and everyone talking about the Warriors' luck and, you know, totally ignoring right now that they have two stars, superstars on their team, whereas, like, the Warriors have one, but, you know. Right. Steph is the only person never allowed to have help, by the way. You notice that? Oh, of course. I've been noticed that. He's not allowed to have help, but the help he does have is like the greatest of anybody ever. But when mm-hmm. you ask people individually about those players, they all suck and they're not really that good. They wouldn't be that good on any other team. Mm-hmm. It's just loop, consistent loophole, hopping through, moving the goalposts, all that, all that jazz. Yeah, for sure. Well, like I said, I'm glad that it seems like 80 is going to be okay because I was not even trying to like think about that and what that could mean. So that's that's good news to hear. So in terms of tonight, you know, Wiggs had a great game. We talked about that. Draymond was great tonight. Um, Steph, always great, even though his three wasn't falling, right? So mm-hmm. I would say those were the best three players on the court tonight. Yeah. Oh, Gary no. Payton the second. Even though he didn't have like 15 points like last game, he's just still incredibly, incredibly impactful. Yeah. Yeah, 13. Close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um yeah. and was it 15 last game or did I lowball him? I think, I think it was 15, yeah. Okay. Um, but I mean he's just everything we knew he could be and I will say this because I was not someone who was like totally devastated by Gary Payton the second um leaving I wanted to keep him but I was like okay you know one of the things too was just also his injury luck you know like he can't always stay healthy and so um I was worried about that but I thought that like, while they did different things, I thought that Dante was a sufficient replacement and the regular season was a little misleading because it had us believing that while they are not the same player and they do different things that Dante was helping. And we were all looking forward to Dante and GP2 sharing the court and being disruptive. And what we have come to learn is that Dante is not a 16 game player. (laughs) 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 <laughs> he is not a 16 and while I love white Dante and all that because he did a lot to help us in the um regular season I'm just like thank god yeah. they went back and got GP2 because man listen I mean how huge what will we do without GP2 so man don't even like, want to imagine it don't want to imagine it uh, I mean, I think Dante is capable of playing so much better. It's just he has to be put next to guys that help cover his weaknesses up. And for this playoff run, he just hasn't been put in those lineups. So he's actually been put in lineups that make his weaknesses amplify. So, uh, yeah, but thank thankful for GP2. All that he does defensively, he's pretty much taken D'Lo out of the game um, the last two games when he's been on him. So that's been huge. And he just, the little big man out there picking and rolling, rolling to the rim, finishing over LeBron, finishing over all these people at 6'2 is really crazy. 
it's, it's crazy the stuff that he's able to do. Word. And uh, garbage time. Kaminga looked good. I get it. It was against the Lakers role players, but he looked good. Yeah. Hit two jumpers. Got an assist out there. It's, it's disappointing that he hasn't been given a shot in this series because I think that he could, could be out that. there doing some of the things that Gary could do. Um, and and drawing fouls. And drawing fouls. Exactly. Like, you look at Gary's style, like he shot five free throws. You could he imagine made, that. He was making them, too. Made, I was so happy tonight. Right? Ray hit his, too. We was hitting our free throws. Unlike uh, one of those other games, they didn't hit their free throws. But yeah, How did we end tonight in terms of our free throws versus the Lakers in terms of attempts? Equal. Equal. And you can bet your bottom dollar that they crying about it on Twitter right now. Already in my mentions. <laughs> oh, but they was whining oh, about already. us talking about, and they complain talking about the Warriors are complaining and it's soft. Okay, let's see. let's see how they handle this night off into tomorrow. I bet not right. hear shit from them about free throws since it's so soft, and it's 15. bullshit because after game two, they cried about free throws. That's why it's that's why it's comical. It's comical. Wait. They shot more free throws in game two by like one or two free throws. It's equal this game. The Warriors got 18 fouls called on them. The Lakers got 17. So one less foul called on them, and they're crying about calls. Saying how they should be getting more calls because they play so much more physical and they're downhill and going to the rim. They really not in this series, though. That's the whole thing. AD is shooting a lot of little push shots. LeBron shooting little midi floaters in there. D'Lo shooting a lot of um. We played the same way we always. Darvin Ham quote. We played the same way we always play. I don't know what to foul anymore. After he just said, "We control, we control." Before the game, we don't we right. don't do the officiating. And and uh, an undisclosed Lakers player who was clearly LeBron telling people right. stop bitching and whining. Now mm-hmm. we bitching and whining. Like that's funny. For a From dude that lobbied, lobbied the league for a Draymond suspension. I never want to hear shit. To this day, I cannot understand how Dre is cool with this man. Like, <laughs> bro, he lobbied to get you fucking suspended for two games. After he, he stepped Like, over one you. wasn't even enough. He wanted your ass out of there for two. <laughs> it's so funny, the hypocrite, like, the the hypocritical nature of these guys after they cried that Boston game in the regular season when LeBron didn't get that foul call. And from that point on, they've blown everybody else out of the water in free throw differential. Um, now it's not, it's, now it's no bitching and whining. When he threw a fucking temper, temper tantrum on the court like a four-year-old in the middle of a game, no tech, nothing for that. Like, yeah. this shit is really crazy. This shit is really crazy. Mm, listen. Listen, I already knew what it would be, but I still... I mean, I guess it depends on who's actually refing that next game. I mean, they'll be at home, so they'll, the the free throw advantage will probably go to them. But I, I just am not expecting any more of these crazy ass disparities for the series. I hope not. I really, I really would hope not. They are they got away with a few flops today, like they always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't outrageous, which right. is a good thing. Uh, and I mean, the whole Kerr comments were clearly. Because they got two flops awarded to them in a close game in the fourth quarter with Schroeder flopping and Looney and Lonnie Walker flopping on those moving screen calls. Like, that's just bullshit. You can't call that at that, at that point in the game. That's the whole thing. Like, throughout the course of the game, Lonnie Walker again tonight. Like, that boy ain't saving y'all tonight. He ain't, it ain't happening. That's it's it. the same shit. Like, it that's time. like a Jermichael Green bro- move, bro. You only get in that one one game. That ain't. Thank you. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. He came in there trying to shoot some of that same bullshit that he was hitting. That shit was not going down, and it's not going to um, for the rest of the series. So mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. they keep playing him because he's a cone on defense. He's not really doing shit for them on defense. Vanderbilt been played off the floor at Sioux. We knew that was going to happen. Can't score. Um, also, not good enough defensively to justify him not being able to play, even if he can't score. So, that's advantage Warriors right there. 
So. Remember in the game one, how they were acting like he was the curry stopper? Every series, why do we do this? There's always some guy they think is the curry stopper. It's never the case. Because they waiting for it to happen. What's that, what's that <laughs> say last series? I hope we never find out. We never going to find out because they don't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the curry stopper does not exist. It's, it's Steve Curry. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. All right, listen. Our dubs are are back in this series. And we knew that they weren't going out without a fight. We knew that. They wasn't just folding. You know, I saw some tweets like, I don't know if them them other guys, I I, I believe in Steph, but I don't know if them other guys are gonna show up. Like, you serious right now? You don't think Draymond Green's gonna show up? You don't think Clay and all of his chucking or not chucking, but you know what I mean, all of his crazy shit. You don't think these dudes are gonna show up? Bro, come on. <laughs> Battle tested. Wiggins, Wiggins, one of them ones. He is. He may have an off night, but he one of them ones. He one of the ones, and he's shown that last year. Like yeah. when, when the back's against the wall, he gonna go out there and leave it out there on the court, like make or miss league, whatever. But like the effort is gonna be there. The right. fire is gonna be there. Like he got that fire in him, so not not worried about him. Hella elimination games around the league. Two tonight, the Knicks forced a game six, but I think that's ending in Miami um, because they let the Heat come back and get in that game. Yeah. So I think that's ending in Miami. Two elimination games tomorrow night. I think this. I think the um, Suns are going to force a game seven. I just think that series is like the, the teams are going to win at home. Yeah. Um, I'd be shocked anything otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you also got Celtics in a shocking turn of events are down three two, and going to Philly. Now we know they can win in Philly because mm-hmm. they've already done it this series, and we know last year they went into the Bucks home in the game and seven. Won. And didn't yep. they do it too to the Heat? I felt like they went into Miami and won an important game too. Yeah, they they did because Miami beat them in Boston. Yeah, so I mean, we know that they have what it takes to go in and do it, but Embiid was looking and very MVP like in the last game, and if you get him looking MVP like and Vintage Harden on the same night. Mm-hmm. Could be problems. Yeah, because you know the thing about it is like I mean there hasn't been a Tatum game, and he is known to come up big in like these kinds of moments. But even if you get Tatum at his best, and Brown at his best, is that duo better than Vintage Harden and MVP Embiid? No. So you would just hope that the other guys, you know, the step up cap. and play better. Yeah. Now you may not I mean, get vintage Harden, but I'm just saying if you not. do. Right. We don't know. We don't know. Right. But it's not a game seven. So you might get him in game six. <laughs> true. At home. You know, true at home. The the Celtics, I mean, I I think the Celtics pull it out. Six and seven, to be honest. Uh, I think they're going to get hot from three. And Philly just won't be able to match it. But we will we will see. Because, yeah, well, like you said. interesting stat about them. Like, when they shoot 40% from three, they're basically unbeatable. But right. when they don't, it's ugly. And... <laughs> yeah. But I, what I don't understand is why are they shooting so many threes? Like, why? Like. Do they do they see the guys on their team and their physical capabilities? Like, why are they relying on that to be their offense? They're not natural three point shooters. Nah, but I think they're just they're also not natural like finishers at the rim. None of them can dribble, really. <laughs> like, JT probably got the best handle on that team, and he got a little shaky handle, and he's tall as hell. So it's just direct line drive. If I don't have anything, I'm going to kick it out. 
everybody on the team except Rob Will can shoot a three, so we might as well just get him up. Hmm. Fascinating. And then the last thing I just want to touch on, Justin, all NBA came out today. <laughs> and Luka Doncic, I don't know if <laughs> Was fucking first team. Was first team, my nigga. Mm. <laughs> and he ain't even make the plan much more to playoffs. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. He only played 10 more games than Steph. And only he played 10 more games and stuff and only won three more games, like as far as the games that he played. Steph had a higher win percentage of the games that he played uh, and made the playoffs. I think penalizing a guy for games played makes sense if, like, the other team – like, if there's not something to really penalize Luka for, and he should be penalized for – and also just, like, the way he kind of fell off in the second half of the – like, season. Like, it wasn't – which was so crazy because they didn't do that to they penalized Steph last year for that, right? Like, right, like Luca got hot second half of the season and they gave him the benefit of being first team, you know. And so, I just it's whatever. Um, I'm sorry, he should not have been nobody's first team. Um, and then John Morant not making it is interesting because he was clearly penalized for his off court activity. He had an yeah. all NBA season and he played the number of games necessary. Yeah. And his team was a second seed. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, uh, that costs him money. It costs his right. money. Costs him money. Happens. Make bad decisions. But Taking is that fair? Should his off court stuff be impacting all NBA awards? No. But. Seeing that, you know, it can sway the minds of people who vote and stuff like that. Like, I don't necessarily feel bad about it. I don't think he, I, I think it's a little bit unfair, but at the same time, it's like, bro, just don't put yourself in that position. Um, and you won't get that type of stuff on you. All NBA is like one of them things, not as extreme as MVP, but Donovan Mitchell being second team, like, I understand the season he had, but then when you see the postseason he had, you're like, uh, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, De'Aaron Fox, yeah, he should probably be second team. Like, a but nine I'm glad seed. He made it. I'm glad he made it, though. Right. Right. A nine seed and an 11 seed being both first team guards. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I understand that people liked SGA, but, like, no. Right. You on like, you give those people their just do like your stats are crazy individually you're a great player but your team just didn't win quite enough here's your third team spot exactly if, at, at best here's your second team spot but fox as a third seed jaw as a second seed steph as a six seed clear of the play-in donovan mitchell what were they third in the east fourth fourth they were fourth mm-hmm. like you got to give those guys a bump up um, in my opinion, because all these yeah. dudes got crazy numbers. All these dudes are amazing individual players. So you're splitting hairs trying to look at stat and box scores and, and averages and stuff like that. You got to look at winning and impact and all that other stuff and really make an informed decision. And they just didn't. They went with the narratives and the media and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah, I'm also not sure if LeBron should have made it this year, but I know they would never not make it, give it to him. And Dame Lillard, too. It's like, because, I mean, should a guy like Brunson have been on there, you know? like Yeah, low-key. I mean, Dame had a crazy season, but, bro, what, what were they? Like, they were like 13th seed or something? Four crazy. games below 500, son. I don't want to hear about him on no all-NBA team. I don't give a yeah. fuck what kind of season he had. Facts. So, I mean, it's it's getting kind of bad where I want to say social media is influencing this, where they're creating this whole stigma 
around quote unquote ring culture and a stigma around like rewarding winning just for the sake of winning. Only the losers say that. It's only but the it's people becoming, of the team that don't win. I know it is. It's coming a real thing. It, yeah, it's getting super popular. And it's just, it's just getting weird. Uh, like, it's like, okay, this guy played amazing and his team won. This guy played amazing and his team lost, but I like his stat line a little bit better. So I'm going to go with that guy. And it shouldn't, and I feel like it shouldn't be automatic for the guy who won because that's just not fair. His team was better and all this shit. Like, that shit is so whack. Like, the whole point of the game is to win. Mm. Anyway. Chuck was laughing the other night when Shaq said, the Warriors not out of this, you know? And he's just like, they probably sitting there like, yeah, we want to come back and do like our 3-1 thing. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but most people I talk to were not riding off the Warriors. And it's not just because it's the champs, but I think people get it. Like, this 3-1 is not the same as, like, the Knicks and and, and Heat 3-1, right? Like, mm-hmm. even though you and I, Justin, don't actually think the teams are that close, people do think the teams are that close. But that's because – and that's the point why they most people think, you know – the Warriors could get back in it just because the teams are in their opinion are not that close, but we, you and me are like, they're not even really that close. So yeah, the Warriors definitely have a chance. Um, so we'll see Friday night will be a big night. <laughs> Huge. Friday night Huge. will be a big night. Oh, Oh, What are we manifesting for Friday night? What are we manifesting? We are manifesting. (laughs) We're manifesting a win, first and foremost. Uh, We're manifesting Steph and Clay finding their three point shot um, and having that carry not only in game six, but game seven and for the rest of the playoffs after that. (laughs) Uh, Because that's a huge difference maker, having been able to rely on that not necessarily rely, but being able to fall back on just some ridiculous shot making, that's always a good luxury to have. So hopefully they get that back. We and... need a repeat of what happened in OKC game six. Except that Steph is healthy and can move. Except Steph still had a big game. He still had a big like game. Yeah, like a 30-point but... triple-double or something like that. Right. Right. And hopefully it's not like – it's not one of those things where they need all those – because they needed every single – one of those threes <laughs> they were down by like double digits for a good portion of that game hopefully it's not like that hopefully it's more like yeah we caught fire and we blowing all out the water but uh yeah we need that we need that we are manifesting reasonable foul calls like nothing od please <laughs> please um we are manifesting no foul trouble for any key guys on both teams Let's just see these guys right. play. <laughs> right. That's what that's what that's just what we want. Real hoops. Equal calls on both sides, whatever the case may be. Um, and just let the better team win. Fuck all this flopping shit. Like all this keys to the game for the Lakers are free throws. <laughs> you see, it's like that, like that's not even that shit that's out of your hands. How is that a key to the game for the Lakers if it's out of their hands? I just is don't that what understand. people were saying? People were saying that after they lost game two. They were just like, yeah, just get to the free throw line. Like, it's like, what? Hoop. Play basketball. Like, right. <laughs> your your game plan should be to get to the rim and score. Get open three, stuff like that. Not get to the free throw line. Word. I don't know. <laughs> that shit is just so like <laughs> these dudes are like all policemen. Like, I just don't get it. Like their whole fan base is just very, very cop like I'm gonna just keep doing this because I just want it to happen for him but I'm manifesting a Jordan Poole game right they kind of wasted this Jordan Poole game in game one yeah six threes 21 points but 
I'm just saying, I think regardless, if they're going to get it done in six and seven, we need a game from him at some point. Or a game from him at some point would be really, really helpful. Especially if Clay's struggling. And just period, going forward, they need him to get right if they want to win another championship. Yeah. Yeah. I still believe in you, Jordan. We still believe in you. Yeah. I don't even think he was that bad this game. He took a few questionable shots, but Mm -hmm. I think for the most part he was okay. Well, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in with us. We hope that you are feeling the vibes like we are. And in light of that, we hope that you will share and tell a friend about us, a family member, a loved one, whoever it may be. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Make sure you're downloading, sharing like I already said. Also leave a review, a positive one. And also leave a five-star rating. Both are appreciated. We thank you so much for listening. Cannot do this without you. Appreciate the support, the commentary, the feedback. Honestly, y'all are the best. Thank you for sticking with us. Let's go, Dubs. Let's get it done for game six. Until next time, guys. Take care.